This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Now let's head inside Hong Kong with Claire Huang. And over in Hong Kong, the city is battling its fifth wave of COVID-19 infections due to the highly contagious Omicron variant. And as with Singapore, is impacting a wide range of Hong Kong's population, from schools to transport operators and even, well, pet stores. And joining us on the line now to share with us the latest from the territory is Miss Claire Huang, Hong Kong correspondent of The Straits Times. Hey, Claire. Hi, Mel. Hi, Rachel. Good to hear you guys again. Okay, well, first let's look at the um, student situation. Um, secondary schools will be shut, I understand, from January 24th, that's Monday, right, due to a rising number of uh, infections in several schools. And, and kindergarten and primary schools are already closed since last week. So how are parents and businesses adapting to this news? Well, Mel, um, there's been mixed reactions, you know, uh, among parents, uh, among the uh, secondary school students themselves. So basically, um, the uh, schools last Friday, uh, the primary schools, nurseries, kindergartens were shut. Um, And, uh, you know, from Monday, then uh, you've got the secondary schools to be shut as well. The face-to-face classes that will be suspended until after the Chinese New Year holidays, right? And, you know, the students, some of them are thrilled, some of them are not, you know, they prefer face-to-face classes. Parents uh, generally are not happy. They're not happy because, you know, they have to work and then, you know, this means, you know, extra arrangements, separate arrangements for the kids. So, you know, uh, it's not making people happy is what I'm going to say. In other pandemic-related headlines, well, Hong Kong's hamster headlines were making the rounds yesterday. What's the reaction been in Hong Kong, though? Well, Rachel, the government decision has uh, cheesed off pet lovers, and it's not going down well. Pet lovers say that, you know, some of them have actually said over their dead bodies if the government comes for their pets, and memes are going viral. Um, one pet lover in, in particular, Shafin Azim, um, who had hamsters and rabbits and now have two cats, you know, she made the point about how it's not even clear that, you know, whether it was the hamsters that caught the virus from the infected staff of the pet shop or the other way around. She said officials didn't bother about finding better ways of handling the situation. So SBCA also waded in saying that it hopes no drastic action will be taken uh, before it can discuss with the relevant authorities. But you see, health ex- experts have mm. um, made the point that the virus detected in the in the few hamsters, you know, in the animals, can spread quickly uh, through the entire batch and the excretion, you know, will have the virus and therefore it will spread to animals and human beings. So it is worth noting that pigs and chickens were culled previously during Mm -hmm. the swine and bird flu. Claire, so were these hamsters, they were detected positive within one pet shop or are there more now? And how many hamsters? And then it was just a handful of pet store employees. Is that correct? Well, um, you have got this, they detected, basically on Monday, they detected a staff of a little uh-huh. boss, that's the pet shop, and, and it's got like 15 branches and a warehouse. Okay. So, so that can spread quickly, you see. So now you've got like customers, you know, so they, they found out that um, samples um, of, um, you know, uh, testing from hamsters found that the hamsters from Netherlands had um, some COVID. So they are asking for people to bring in their pets or, you know, customers who frequented the shop, you know, all have to go for testing. And this is voluntary, of course. Um, And uh, they're trying to to trace, you know, the people who have gone to the store 
And so other animals, you know, uh, initially it was just hamsters, right? But because you, this is a pet store with other animals, rabbits, chinchillas, guinea pigs. So you have some of them with COVID as well. So that is why they decided to take the decision to cull hamsters. And so far, um, you know, uh, it's still ongoing, right? Because it's developing. But, um, you know, it's got more than a thousand culled animals, including hamsters and, you know, all the furry pets. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Let's change gears slightly now. Let's look at Gunting Hong Kong. It's making headlines globally um, after it failed to wind up the company due to the significant downturn in the industry since uh, the pandemic began. Now, other cruise operators have been able to raise enough liquidity to get through the worst of these times. So why, why not Gunting Hong Kong? What went wrong for them? Well, Mel, um, I think it's a double whammy and Gunting indirect wholly owned sub- uh, shipbuilding subsidiary MV Werften had filed for insolvency to a, a German local court, a German court last week. But the court rejected an application that would have provided uh, Werften with uh, uh, 88 million US dollar lifeline. So, and this court rejection came after talks went south between German authorities and Gunting. So both parties are blaming each other for um, Wilton's collapse and the potential loss of 1,900 jobs. And there's also cross defaults amounting to about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 3.75 billion Sing dollars. So Gunting Hong Kong finances um, obviously have deteriorated after COVID-19 wiped out travel demand. You know, so um, cruise operations were halted globally. So it reported a, a record loss of um, 1.7 billion US dollars last May. So winding up the company is not likely to affect earnings on the other Gunting firms um, because there's no cross-hold shareholding between them. But there's a, but if there's a bailout from its sister companies, then this could pose risks for um, you know those shares. And uh, the Hong Kong listed stock has now been suspended until further notice. So, how much details were given by the court on why you rejected the application? Well, as far as we know, uh, essentially, you know, well, uh, essentially that is uh, not quite that. It wasn't fully revealed, I suppose. No, right? so it wasn't fully revealed, but it's because the German authorities already said it. Right. So this lifeline was rejected, um, you know, with uh, German authorities and Gunting having um, talks. So. Uh, that explains part of it. Right, right, right. Okay, I understand now. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> in, in other corporate news, Claire, and speaking of job losses, you know, last year we saw Cathay Pacific offering Hong Kong pilots, cabin crew, voluntary redundancy in, you know, cost-cutting moves. And now the airline is offering bonuses of up to 29,000 Hong Kong dollars. That's about 5,000 Sing dollars to pilots that are willing to endure Hong Kong's strict quarantine regime in a bid to get more planes in the air. A bit of a roller coaster ride for Cathay Pacific pilots. But, you know, is this strategy really sustainable in the long term? And what kind of reaction have they had to this move? Well, Rachel, um, it's not going to be very sustainable. And Mm. I'll tell you why. Because every loop flight around, uh, if you're a captain, you get a bonus. And in all, if you do four rounds, bonuses chalk up to about 17,000 Sing dollars. So first officers get a total of about uh, 13,000 Sing dollars. And these bonuses are offered because of Hong Kong's strict quarantine rules. Nobody wants to do it, uh, which are tough on staff and families. So closed loop flights uh, will have air crew flying three to four weeks nonstop. 
They will stay in hotel isolation between flights and then spend up to two weeks in quarantine at the end of the deployment before they can go home. So that's why nobody wants to really do it. Uh, as it is, uh, the airline had to rely on a government bailout and, uh, you know, job cuts to survive. Now, because of two cafe attendants who broke home isolation rules, the carry has to operate at 2% of pre-pandemic passenger capacity and 20% of cargo capacity. It's the lowest level since the start of the pandemic. So the bonuses the group is dishing out is to get more planes in the air in the hopes of more money. But that's not sustainable because mm. if air travel doesn't resume, then everything will be hard. Everything's There's a ceiling right to it. So, um, you know, uh, strict quarantine rules, not having a domestic market, you know, uh, for flying just compounds the problem. I mean, 2% of pre-pandemic passenger capacity. That's yes. tough. <laughs> yeah. But the airline will not but, be allowed to fail, right? Well... It's already had well, a seven billion dollar government bailout. Definitely hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you put in that much money to save something, I think a lot of effort will will, will be you know put in to to keep it afloat to keep it or to in the air. In yes, this at point. least in the air. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Okay, let's turn to to politics uh, now, Claire. Um, how's the race for chief executive uh, shaping up? Well, at the start of the week, local media Hong uh, HK zero one broke the news that film producer. Protégé of the son of Kung Fu Master Ip Man. Well, um, this is a side thing. And Bruce Lee was Ip Man's disciple. Um, so the name of the guy is Chekli Sin Kwok Lam. Uh, he has thrown his hat in the ring. Yesterday, he threw his hat in the ring for the top post in Hong Kong. The 64-year-old is the uncle of the entertainer Wong Cho Lam. He made the announcement through his YouTube channel. And he said that his election slogan is to serve Hong Kong without caring about personal gain or losses. Um, he has been a um, serious critique of um, critic of uh, uh, you know uh, the unrest and things like that. So he's generally, but he's generally considered an outlier, and some people are not taking him seriously. But he obviously has backers. I mean, nobody would throw his hat in the ring without having any backers, right? So other names floated so far. For the longest time, we have had um, you know current leader. Uh, Kerry Lam, who's also 64 years old. Uh, we have uh, lawmaker Regina Yip, who tried twice to run. Failed Financial Secretary Paul Chan, that's a relatively new name. For World Health Organization Director General Margaret Chan, that's a new name. And former Chief Executive Leong Chun Ying, that's been going on for some time, the name. Uh, so now what we're going to see is more and more people trying to announce the candidacy. So um, the 1,500 powerful election committee has to pick the leader on March 26. Seven uh, nomination period of two weeks start on February 15. So uh, time is running out, and candidates uh, must obtain no less than 188 nominations from the election committee this year, and no less than 15 members from each of the five sectors must participate in the nomination. So um, it becomes a bit harder because now you're going to fight for the election committee votes and one member can only propose one candidate. It is, however, generally expected that without Beijing's approval, it is uh, impossible to obtain enough nominations. Well, sounds like you're going to be coming into an extra busy period in the next two months. Thank you. I know. (laughs) Claire's thinking it's been an extra busy period the last two years. (laughs) 
is. <laughs> well, take care. Stay safe, Claire. Yes, thank you very much. And I hope everyone has room to grow, appetite to discover new things, and stay healthy and happy. Happy Chinese New Year. 恭喜发财，恭喜发财。Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Claire <laughs> Hong you. there, Bye. Hong Kong correspondent for the Straits Times. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. The Asian Insider Podcast Channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us.